Sports Network production. Now to your host. Hello? It's us, back from the dead. Don't worry, we're back. I'm Logan Stone, and welcome to the seventh inning. Stretch! Good. There's my co-host, Josh, as always, like the hemorrhoids that he is. No, I'm kidding. I miss you, Josh. Sorry we've been out. It's entirely my fault. I decided to have a weak muscle in my arm. Okay. Uh, With us is our special guest, Jared Jones. No relation to Jerry Jones whatsoever. We won't talk about Jerry Jones anymore because this is baseball, first of all. And second of all, fuck the Cowboys. (sighs) Anyways, Uh, Jared. Jared is, uh, let's see, you're in charge of the traveling and logistics. I, yeah, I saw the so name of your title. So, travel yeah. and logistics for the Cleveland oh, yeah. Guardians. Um, not originally from Cleveland, but um, this is my first year as the head, my third year at the Major League team, and my fourth season with the Indians, now Guardians. Nice, nice. We'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, where – so we know you – well, we don't know you. We just met you five seconds ago. But you are uh, – best friends with our uh, CEO were you invited to the wedding that's the first no question. no no I haven't I haven't connected with Brandon in a while so um, we both have Blackburn college roots um, he, he kind of shot me a message like hey do you have time I said absolutely um, great people um, anybody that comes through Blackburn I'll, I'll give him a, sh- a shout out it's it's, it's a good people the whole way so um, bummed he can't be on here I know he's he's, he's coaching football tonight but um, good people yeah so just to be clear, you weren't invited to the wedding either. No, 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 I, I no, wouldn't even have it on the radar. Oh my gosh, I don't, I don't get. You know what? Somebody needs to talk to this Brandon guys. He thinks he knows everything. He won't even invite us. His pride and joys to the wedding, and not even his best friend in baseball. Okay, well that's sad. Uh, well, let's get right into it. So, um, so this is your first year. Well, first of all, how did you even get into how did you even get into like this part of baseball? Did you want to be like a, like, like, did you want to be in baseball and this was just a job or what? Yeah. So um, I'll try to make a very long story as short as possible. Um, love baseball, play baseball, have a background, kind of found a niche. It was, it's how I operate, which is, you know, the, the, the black and white, the operation behind the scenes. So I kind of refer to myself as the wizard of Oz of our team. So, um, if the curtain gets pulled back and you see them there, something's typically craps hit the fan and we're not in a good spot just to call a spade a spade. Um, so went to Blackburn College, played baseball. If you guys know anything about it, it's it's one of like seven work colleges in the U.S. Um, so all students have to work an on-campus job. It helps pay for the tuition. Oh, um, nice. My first job was the um, assistant to the athletic director. And at the time, the athletic director was also head basketball coach. His name was Jason Baraboo. Um, Jason said, Hey, JJ, I really want to focus on basketball in, in basketball season. Can you help with like the women's basketball travel and meals and setting up buses and so on and so forth? And I was like, okay, I can do that hotels, et cetera. So I started doing that. Um, I, I'd have a, a team come back and they were like, Hey, JJ, you killed that. Like Jared, that was awesome. And I was like, man, this is kind of cool. Like they may have won or not won, but like they had a good experience. And so that was kind of like the, the very first like that I got that maybe the behind the scenes and not necessarily coaching um, was what I wanted to get into because I wanted to stay in sports, definitely baseball. Um, so anyhow, I went on, I was a like, department manager, which meant I ended up sharing an office with the AD. 
So I oversaw all of our game day staff, employees, weight room employees, et cetera. So um, got to do for three years um, all of game day operations and, and really enjoyed it, enjoyed sitting with the teams and the coaches. And they're like, hey, we really want to try this this year or think the game day atmosphere could be better this way or that way. And so once again, like the theme there is behind the scenes, I, I really found um, kind of a passion for. So when I was ending my time at Blackburn College, um, I, I went to Vanderbilt University to be a graduate assistant with their baseball team. Um, so I was there for a year and a year and a half. Loved it. Learned it. Learned a ton. It was the, probably the best growth opportunity for me. Um, Tim Corbin, the head coach there. He, I mean, it's it, day to day. It's a grind. He, he wants the best out of you and is not afraid to push you to limits. But at the end of the day, I came out of there um, and, and really honed my skills. So. Um, when the grad assistantship was about to end, I was getting married. I was approached by the Tennessee Titans in Nashville for a, to, to work a job or to get a full-time job. So I was hired there as a um, stadium operations assistant. And long story short of what that means is we have 10 home football games. So it's eight regular season, two preseason. We have a CMA Fest, all these other events. We end up having like 28 major events. My job was to focus on parts of those major events. Um, so when I left Vanderbilt, I said, hey, Corbs, it's Tim Corbin. Um, I said, hey, I really want to stay in baseball. What should I do here? And he said, yeah, you're getting married. I don't have anything for you now. But let's keep in touch, keep working the camps. Um, we'll figure something out down the road. So I was with the Tennessee Titans for three seasons, kept working in the Vanderbilt camps. Um, the Cleveland Indians called Tim Corbin and asked if they had anybody that they would recommend to run their Arizona Player Development Complex. Uh, the, that guy's name was Carter Hawkins. Carter was a, a former Vanderbilt player. He was the AGM for the Cleveland Indians at the time. Um, so Tim recommended me. I flew to Cleveland, um, fell in love with the organization, was really excited about that position and to get back into baseball. So um, from there, I moved to Goodyear, Arizona, this little retirement community right outside of Phoenix, and uh, ran a player development complex for the better part of three years. Um, after my first full year running it, COVID hit and they said, hey, we need somebody to come up here and assist with some of the clubhouse stuff and then to help with all the extra things that we're not used to team travel. So seating charts, bus assignments, you name it. We all saw it. Um, a lot of the craziness. So at the end of 2020, I went back um, thinking everything was normal. I'm going to run the Arizona complex. And then our uh, director of team travel at the time decided was, retirement was on the forefront. Um, he said he really got along with me, thought I had the abilities to do it. And recommended me to get the job. So when he retired, I, I took over as the head. So it's a, a lot of things try to put short and, and in a timeline. Obviously, things pop up in between, but yeah, that's how we're here. Wow, that's I mean, you got approached by the Titans and you you said no. Uh, was that just because you didn't want to deal with the Titans themselves? The, all those football players are. I've no, heard I, did, I worked there for three seasons, so oh, yeah. I transitioned out of Vanderbilt baseball. I was really nervous about leaving baseball because I've heard industry-wide, like, if you leave a sport, you typically never go back into it, and you, you stay in one sport forever. Yeah. So that's why I, I – Brooks Webb is the director of, of um, team operations for Vanderbilt baseball, and their head coach is Tim Corbin. I talked to them a lot in terms of – it was a stressful time, but it ended up being the right decision because I got to put food on the table, take care yeah. of, you know, uh, my wife. We got big dogs at the time, et cetera. Um, I learned how to run large scale events, like learn how to run. Um, so my last event that I ran in 2019 was the NFL draft with 3 million people down there. So like, I remember going to Arizona to work, um, in the player development complex and they're like, Hey, spring's training is coming. Spring training is coming. 
are you ready? And I was like, okay, what's a big spring training game look like? They're like, ah, like five to 7,000 people. I was like, yeah, I think I just went from 3 million. I think I can handle 3,000 people. I will be okay. Um, and so that was kind of the, the transition. I was like, I, I've, I've got this. I actually, you know, felt good to know you have this skill set and you're able to do it. Nice. Nice. Well, that's really cool. That's, uh, I mean, I mean, you also went to Vanderbilt College, which, I mean, that's like not easy to get into. That's a, that's my wife still works at Vanderbilt. Um, oh, nice. So one of many few blessings, I should say, of COVID was they allowed her to work remote. So she bounces around with me, goes everywhere. Um, when I moved to Arizona to take the job out there, we actually built a home in Arizona. Um, so she left Nashville, lives with me in the off season in Arizona, and then she'll come back up here to Cleveland during the season. Um, we're currently in the process of building a home here in Cleveland. So next year I'll have to – bite winter again because i've avoided it for you know four years but it's, uh, happy to do that and not make her move back and forth every six months right good luck with that cleveland winter those i hear those are nasty i'm not ready at all yeah <laughs> I, I mean my winters the last couple of years have been 65 to 70 degrees and i'm growing on the back patio so um the first negative 10 degree day here is gonna oh, it's not gonna not- be fun yeah i live in texas and what was it last year we had this really bad blizzard and uh we went from like having a hundred and ten summer to a negative like eighteen winter or something. It was like the worst freeze, and it, like we lost power, we lost water. Oh my gosh! I was like, I've never wanted a hundred degree day so much in my life. Oh my gosh, that was the worst. The cold is so bad. Anyways, um, I, so, I, I got spoiled. I'd be bitching in Arizona when it was sorry uh, when oh, it was okay. twenty five degree or twenty eight degrees. I'm like, holy smokes, it's gonna frost. What do I do with myself? Like, I gotta yeah. turn on the car. It's like once a year, right? And so yeah. now I'm gonna have to face that for three. Albert hours. just. Oh no, he didn't. Sorry, oh, I totally thought we're on Albert Pools watch right now. So six ninety eight. No, I'm, I'm all we're, we're talking about before we hopped well, on. He just hit one to the wall. And I thought he just hit six ninety nine. I mean, old boy caught it on the wall. Anyways, uh, continue to your story. No, we're Sorry. good. I was, we, I was telling Josh that if, if you're a baseball fan, you want seven hundred to come. Um, got the opportunity to meet him in Anaheim. Great human being. Um, it's, it's it's an icon. He's like, there's 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 few people that that I see and I'm kind of in awe. He was he was one of them. I'll, I'm not too too proud to admit that. He, he's he's a really cool guy. One thing, and he did it last night with his Harold Reynolds, and this is totally off topic right now, but I wanted to say it. I can't stand his fake humility like, oh, I don't think about uh, 700 that much. And I'm like, yes, you do. Don't don't you lie. He's like, oh, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm like, yes, you, he, he wants it. He wants 700. But anyways, um, so what is uh, climbing the ladder? I guess you really didn't have to climb much of a ladder because they, they, the Guardians approached you, right? So there's a lot of bouncing around. So I would say I climbed the ladder in the long run, necessarily in um, baseball terms. I probably had the quickest route for big leagues of any staff forever. Um, kind of a variety of things there, right place, right time, little luck, and then you know make the right impressions for people to believe in you. Um, climbing the ladder for me would have been when I left Blackburn. I was a graduate assistant. Um, yeah, we don't get paid really. Obviously, you get schooling. So yeah. I would work from 3 a.m. to 9 a.m. at Dick's Sporting Goods in Franklin, Tennessee. If you're driving through there, it's right off the interstate. 
just know that I was there five days a week, three to 9 a.m. unloading trucks. It was wow. awful, awful, awful. But it made me know that, like, I guess I'll say I, I, what I was doing, I was doing for a reason. Like, I knew that there was a bigger picture, and I knew I had, like, you know, a year and a half to two years to figure this whole thing out. So do that. Um, then I'd work at Vanderbilt 9 to 5. If I had class, I'd go five, class 5 to 9. Um, if I didn't have class, I'd say I'd stay at Vanderbilt till way too late in the night. Um, but, yeah, Nashville was climbing the ladder for me. I, my moment was, I'll never forget, I was, we're sitting there, um, first day of graduate school, and I look across the, the room, there's like 85 kids that want to do exactly what I want to do. And I was like, okay, so the same conversation is probably happening at like 100 different places on a similar day. So that's like X number of people I have to beat out or be better or prove myself in front of. Um, and so anyhow, we just found a will, found a way. Nice. Josh, Hello. do you have a question at the moment? Um, so besides the going from being a baseball guy to going and working in the NFL and doing the development out there in Arizona, which, which part's been the hardest for you? Not necessarily the transition, just um, was it harder running the, the development camp in Arizona? Was it harder working for the Titans? Is working for the Cleveland now Guardians harder? Like which, which job is the hardest of, of the ones you've had in your journey? Um, so like they all obviously have their, 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 their challenges. Um, the NFL was, was a challenge. So, so I, I'm assuming, I think it's known. So we joke about it being called not for long. Um, so the thing there is like coaching staffs go eight and eight, they all get fired or they go six and 10. They're definitely getting fired. Hell, they could have a winning season and get fired. Um, also, getting no players is tough. In, in baseball, you know, if you're, you're not performing major leagues, you go down to AAA. Or I'm with those guys in spring training that are in AA that make, you know, triculate up. You, you have a lot more time with these kids. And, like, obviously people get cut along the way. But we're talking – if I draft an 18-year-old right now, he's not typically – unless he just totally underperforms. We've got five years with him. So I've got five years to develop a relationship, get to know his family, know his favorite foods, et cetera. The NFL was like, you come if you don't – like game one, if you fumble, if you're running back, like see you later. I don't even remember your name. Um, so that was it's difficult because I like to talk to people. I like to get to know them. I like to know their preferences. Um, and, and the other thing that I struggled with is like you start the season 0-1, you, you kind of got to, for lack of a better term, you got to walk in on Monday like a dog died um, because a couple more of those and, and everybody's looking at each other like, do I have to find a job next year? So that was so condensed. It's just it's very high intense or high intense, I should say. Fair enough. Nice. So, um, well, I had it right here. So let's talk about the Guardians real quick, and then we'll get back to you and your job. Uh, this year, this year was weird. Um, they, you know, they came off a season where they got rid of Francisco Lindor, their you know pride and joy, basically. Um, and they didn't go out and get anyone, but they did extend uh, J Ram. So. Like, as, you know, you kind of work for them, and you're also, I mean, you're kind of a fan, too, now, of the Guardians, right? Yeah, I mean, um, when you're with the team, with the coaches, so we travel. We're, we're together for, for eight straight months every single day. I see yeah. these guys more than I see my family. So, obviously, we're all invested together. Um, definitely would be a fan. Obviously, when I say that, I've got to kind of ride the wave. So, when we have good days, I'm good. When we have bad days, like, it doesn't help any of the players to see me walk around with, you know, my, my bottom lip out. So fan, yes, but like 
obviously professional fan we'll say professional fan so like were you expecting what were you expecting like this year because i know obviously you had to get the travel done but did you have to was there anything that with them being better than what we intentionally expected uh was there something that kind of a wrench that was thrown into your um plans no no i think regardless of whether we're winning losing i go about my business the exact same way so it doesn't really change uh, maybe i see like uh comp tickets are higher or we have more family members all of a sudden showing up on the road or um, front office wants to travel more. so like maybe there's a little more buzz but really um i go about the same way this time of year it's different in terms of like this time last year i was counting day but down the day so i returned to arizona um right now i'm working off on playoff room blocks playoff um for hotels playoff um flights room blocks at home etc ticketing so on and so forth so i'm preparing for a whole nother thing that's like we've done but not in terms of i've known for a year that i'm going to texas on this day or known for a year we're going to on monday we fly to after our game we fly to chicago and we play there tuesday through thursday so it's different that like we should have the wild card and the next i don't know if we're going to new york or houston and so i have to set up room blocks and flights to both of those locations and bus and bags and so on and so forth so that's the different part of my job right now um I think you said, like, what is different? I think if anybody said they expected us to be in first place at the time of year, I, I'd like to call them a liar. liar. Yeah, right. Uh, I think internally we didn't know what we had. We knew we had um, – we, we didn't – we refused internally to use the term rebuild. We kept calling it retool, which almost makes me laugh. Um, yeah. We knew we had a bunch of young guys that are hungry and have played together for – essentially most of our team has played together since they were 20 years old. And we're like, this could be really good or this could be really bad. And thankfully, it's so far it's – it's clipped. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, I, I, I like to use this word. It's, it's a scrappy team. That's for sure. Um, how far, so like you said, you were just planning for the playoffs. Like when did you start saying, Oh shit, I gotta, I gotta get going on this right now. Cause there's a very real uh, chance that we're going to make it. Um, so my, my job itself, I'm typically working a year, um, a month and a week out. That's kind of my rule of thumb. So, like, I know right now where we're going to be next year, and I've already signed that hotel contract. Um, I'm working on a, a month. I'm working on postseason. So I started that in, like, middle of August. So, I'm like, at the end of September, we're going to need to be able to move something. Um, so, that's it's done, quote, unquote, but obviously every single day looks a little different because we're all watching the standings. And then yeah. a week out, I know next week goes Chicago and Texas, so I'm working on that. So, um, same process, just kind of throwing in – Oh, we could be in the postseason, and Lord only knows where we end up. That's probably the craziest part of this. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's really cool. Uh, um, so let's get into a little bit. Uh, so you have to talk to the players, like you said. You get, you kind of get to know what their preferences are on all these things. I don't need you to name names, but what is like the biggest diva thing? Like someone was like, okay, what like diva I need things. like only brown only brown M&Ms in, in my room or something like that? or The, the thing I'm, uh, I'm blessed with, and this is kind of a cop-out, is so I have a bunch of rookies. And so typically, um, as guys get older, <laughs> so if I ever say there's diva stuff, it's typically, um, like, for example, we're just in Minnesota, and a player came down, this is a veteran player, 
And he said, hey, JJ, is there anywhere other than Starbucks you have coffee right within the vicinity? And I said, oh, there's Caribou, but it's closed on Sunday. It's awesome. Next time we're here. And he's like, I'm not getting Starbucks. Where else can I go? And I said, well, they have lobby coffee. And he rolled his eyes and he was like, I'm not, I, I refuse to touch lobby coffee. And he walked off. I'm like, coffee's coffee. Like you need caffeine. Just, I understand it's not, you know, gourmet. Those little things like will, will pop up. But for the most part, I'm very blessed with a team that's like, I don't know, maybe so young, they don't know they could be divas yet. Yeah, right. I've, well, I've had some divas in the past. Um, so there'll be some guys that like, just want special things in the room. So like, whether that's, um, like I had one guy who was like, he wanted Jack, Sprite, chocolate covered strawberries. And uh, what was the other thing he wanted? <laughs> pistachios and you're like what kind of a mix is that but like every single time that's what he wanted in his room you're like okay we'll find a way to get it done so there's just random stuff like that that pops up um everybody has their own little quirks it's part of my job is to navigate and try to see like who likes what um learn their wife learn their family situation learn their parents so i can kind of project who's going to be where etc so just really get to know the guys do you do you have like uh, you handle travel traveling for the parents too. So if parents do their own travel, with the exception yeah. of we're one of the organizations, when a guy makes their debut, we will fly in their family, put them up in a hotel and make sure they're there. Nice. Not all organizations do it. Um, we've had 17 debuts this year, maybe 15. So oh, it's wow. been a total pain. I'll be honest with you. Like 2021, I was like, man, I love this. We got two call ups, but like we, we pull out the red carpet and then I got slapped with, I'm teen and I'm like, okay, this is getting like another full-time job. But at the end of the day, when the guy makes their debut and mom, dad, sister, cousin, grandma are all in the stands, um, it's cool. It's, yeah. it's, it's a once in a lifetime moment. There's been a lot of hard work and, and time invested in that. So as much as the pain is the few days ahead of time, it, it's all worth it in the grand scheme. Oh yeah. I imagine. Um, okay. Go ahead. Logo was on. It's similar to his diva question. Again, no names needed. But what's the weirdest, like, pregame meal you had a player have to have before every game? Ooh, that's like, what's the oddest thing? Pregame meals. Or something along those lines. Postgame meal, pre-workout, whatever. I'm a huge fan of the closer. I think it's hilarious. They'll sit there in the clubhouse until, like, the fifth or sixth inning. So, like, right, everybody in there is crushing the spread. They're getting ready. It's about to be anthem time. They're slowly walking. Most of the clubhouse is, like, guys listening to music. A few guys are playing their basketball. To, and we've got a couple guys. We just bought this meditation pod. There'll be a couple guys meditating, guys meditation pod. So there's all that. And then you look at the closer. And at that point, he has barely woken up yet. So by the time, like, inning three, he's, like, suddenly starting to stretch, decides to shower for the day. Inning four or five, he's eating – then he comes out, and then, like, inning six or seven comes. He's like, hey, give me the golf cart. Let's drive me down. I always think that process is so funny. You have a you know, 28-man roster. You have 27 getting ready for game time. This guy is not even, like, you know, probably 10 minutes out of bed. He just rolled out, hopped in the car, and showed up. But um, as long as they show up in the ninth, nobody yeah, says right? anything. I never thought about that, the closer was good, was not closer, always being in there. Um, that would sleep and would tell us to wake him up in the seventh. And one time when the clubhouse guys woke up in the seventh and he must've been having a crazy dream. So he jumped up and like attacked him and like tried to fight the clubhouse guy. And he's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa like I'm just waking up. And when he finally came to realization, he's like, 
closers are just a, a different breed, man. That they're, yeah, they're God bless them. That you got to be different. You, the whole team has put you in a position to win. They're riding on you to come in and get three outs. I've, I've never met a closer that is sim, semi-normal at all. They're whack-a-moles, but like I said, it's nature of the beast. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I yeah. Answer, like, I mean, have you guys ever seen James Karinchek throw? It's, it's he was number ninety nine. He goes and enters the wild thing. But if you watch him pitch, oh. so he used to be one of our closers. He, he's now transitioned like more of a, a seventh inning guy. Um, but when you watch his fifteen knee pumps between every pitch, you're gonna be like, yeah, I can see why these guys are different. Yeah, yeah. They're I mean, yeah. A lot of pitchers we talk about like, like they. They have this tradition that they have to stand by, uh, and that's really oh, cool. that's really cool and really. You know, what pasta um, yeah. has to be a certain brand from a certain place. If you can't get it, or like God bless our nutritionists, you go, we go to different cities. Sometimes they can't find that brand, and they're like freaking out. I'm like, it's pasta, bro. Like at the end of the day, it's it's all going the same place. Um, yeah, they get they get funky with it all. Like when you can talk to them, when you can't talk to them, it's. It's one of those things with, with time, you just kind of figure out, like, you, you got to grab a guy that you talk to him. You got like, all right, I got up until an hour before first pitch to speak to him. And then it's completely let him be. Um, it, they're all different. Yeah. That's uh, uh, our co-host slash uh, per, uh, VSN uh, co-workers. Uh, Carly Voontech said, uh, should have made my debut, debut tonight with my Blackburn alum and fellow manager on. Uh, great guy, so knowledgeable of sports and walks in his faith. Nice. nice Carly, Carly, you need to come on uh, right now. Uh, it, but, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I, I don't know if you actually know Carly or if she knows. I don't, I don't know. We're together. Oh, yeah. Carly oh, and I really? go way back. What the heck? I believe I, I went know. to my first ever Blues game with Carly Vunitich. Oh, my gosh. Maybe my first ever hockey game, too. I think it was. So I grew up in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, hockey is not even – on the blip of anything in Indiana. It's completely basketball. Hold on, season. hold on, back up. You grew up in Indiana? Yeah, oh I'm a Hoosier. Oh, my gosh. I spent 30 years <laughs> of my life in Indiana, man. You spent how many? 30. 30 years. I love Indiana. So it's, it's, it's born I grew raised. up in Noblesville. Yeah, I know Noblesville. And I lived so I in Carmel. Right I lived outside, in right Terra south Hall, of Greenwood. In Mitchell. Um, all my family lived between Mitchell and now Ellettsville, which is a suburb of Bloomington. But absolutely no Noblesville. Wow, yeah, man, I, uh, I spent forever there. My parents had a house there for twenty years. Um, yeah, it was, was like, so I was like, hold on, hold on, Bloomington. What? I know where you're at. How, so how much I, when I was in college, I went you? back in the summer, and I, I actually worked for the um, football equipment room. And this is a side note: I know it's a baseball podcast. So I was doing that. They're like, hey, we'll pay you in gear, and you can work out here. And I'm like, oh, I need to work out. I can use facilities. I can hit there. This is phenomenal. And so we're like in this first non-pad practice, and they assigned me with the running back room. And there was a running back time named Tevin Coleman, spent a little time in the NFL, whatever. So I was doing pass pro, and so I, I come off the line, and he literally steps up, picks me up, and throws me probably five yards. And I remember my feet are running through the air as I land. And I finally land down, and they all start laughing. They're like, hey, man, you got to prep yourself a little bit. And I was like, okay, these guys are uh, these guys are the real deal. This is And that's like a, you know, a low mid-major football team. But um, – had a lot of good times at, at Indiana University. Love it. Um, diehard IU fans still. We've got Western Kentucky, which I don't feel confident about this weekend. That's a whole other topic. Oh, gosh. Don't get Josh on that one. 
Uh, don't get Josh get uh, going on that one. Um, so, like, do you have a best player friend, or are you best friends with Terry Francona, or do you go, hey? Tito's, Tito's a beautiful human. Um, he's been he's been around for a while, Hall of Fame manager. I'm oh, yeah. super blessed to come into to a guy like that that you know is not trying to feel the ropes out, knows what he's doing. He's I'll just say he's a beautiful human being. We keep the clubhouse very light and like fun loving. So for example, um, so when Tito was in Double A, he was he was a coach of Michael Jordan was on his team at the Birmingham Barons. His hitting coach is a guy named oh. Michael Barnett. Um, so, so those two are thick as thieves. They've known each other for 30 plus years. Anyhow, so kind of keep it light today. I, I got these t-shirts made with, with Michael Barnett's face on it. And like every single day, we just kind of poke fun. I don't know if you guys have seen the, the, I think it's TikTok or it's, it's some sort of social media video where they put like a, a guy's face over the Keurig. And so it looks like, you know, water's coming out of his butt. So I, I dubbed the same thing in clip art and put uh, Barney's face over the top. So every time we all get coffee, it looks like this poop in our coffee pot. So we just keep it like. Kind of goes along with the youth of the team. 162 games is an absolute yeah. grind. Um, I, I'll be honest when I, you know, when I when I'm watching it when I was playing college baseball, I was like every single night I turned on baseball and that was awesome. And now that I live it, going city to city, landing at three in the morning, being at the park at one, I'm like, okay, this is this is a lot of baseball. If you don't love it, it's you're not for long in this game. But um, we keep it light. And it's, it's he's a beautiful human being. He's he's great. How often do you go up to Tito and say, listen, I see you, you did this over here. I think you should have done that. And no chance. Yeah, never. Yeah. He's a Hall of Fame manager. I got, I got no (laughs) advice on that. Uh, That's really cool. Um, Rookie of the year, Stephen Kwan. Uh, Like uh, how cool is he? Is he like, he looks really humble. Like, uh, like he looks like he could, like he's, like low under the radar kind of, but also like the best guy in the clubhouse. Very nice guy. Um, he's the one that he stops for autographs, almost appointed. It's, it's almost annoying. So I'll get on the bus trying to go. I'm like, Quanic, come on, like, let's, let's roll, you know, yeah. let's, let's get on the bus and get, and get out of here. Great human. Uh, him and I go back farther than uh, the Indians slash guardians. So when I was at Vanderbilt in 2017, we went to Corvallis, Oregon and played in the super regional and got absolutely our butts handed to us. Wow. And I didn't realize until down the road, um, I was working it for the Indians, and it popped up to use an Oregon State guy. And I was like, Quan, are we in 2017? And we, like, had this moment where we actually had ran into each other before, but had no recollection. The same with Tristan McKenzie. He was a Vanderbilt commit. Um, the Indians have decided drafting him, I think, was a second rounder. So we didn't ever come to Vanderbilt. But once I got in with the Indians, I was like, holy smokes, this is kind of – we were actually walking in the clubhouse and we kind of gave each other the look and we're like, what are you doing here? It was kind of one of those moments. Um, but to answer your question, good people, very, very, very smart. He's a huge chess player. So all the time in the clubhouse, he's playing chess with anybody that's dumb enough to play him. Um, and he does a lot of stuff. He'll pop around, even met today, who go to high schools and play with their chess clubs at local high school. So super into that. Good dude. Nice. Nice. And he plays well, so can't get – Yeah, right. I don't know if he's looking here. That'd be great. I, I got to witness Julio Rodriguez for two series, and that oh, guy is unbelievable. I forgot about him, yeah. I forgot about Julio. But, yeah, and then Adley Rushman also in there. But, yeah, I mean, he should he be made, top three. Now. Oregon State. There you go. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So, um, who's your best friend in the clubhouse? I mean – 
Um, Staff-wise or player-wise? We'll go player. That's probably more fun. Um, I, I talk with Biebs a lot, Shane Bieber, um, every day. He's, he's very good people. Do you, you, got to, you got some beef with Bieber? No, I, I love Bieber. wanted Bieber on the card. I, I love Shane Bieber. I, I, I want him more than I want a lot of other players. Like, he's, he's up there for me. Um, he's a Cali boy, which I'll give him um, some crap about. And then, like, I'll call him, I'll call him Show Pony a lot because he's it's, – it's, so we used to give that term to Lindor. would be like, hey, Show Pony just arrived because he was our Show Pony. We're only going as high as him, and I kid with Bieber. But I kid with him. I call him that in terms of, like, he's the absolute opposite of Show Pony. doesn't ask for anything. Goes about his business. Great. He's like a, a guy's guy. Um, uh, he just sits in there. We'll just, we'll just bullshit about life. Um, he's good people. Second to that, um, a guy that has MLB pedigree, Cal Quantrill's really good people too. So um, having those two be leaders is awesome. Jose Ramirez is phenomenal as well. Um, I, I like talking with, with Jose and, and, and BSing. Jose's interesting in that, like, he comes from a, 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 a little suburb outside of outside of Santa Domingo in the DR called Bani, and it's it's typically it's, it's a slum. It's not a very good area. Um, so he doesn't really – I wouldn't call what he speaks Spanish. He speaks slang, and he doesn't really speak English, so he just speaks Jose. And it's, like, funny because everybody, like, doesn't know what he's saying, Spanish and English included, but you know exactly what he's saying in, by, in terms of how his tone and how his mannerisms. So he's he, – he, Jose is, is Jose, and um, we're very fortunate to have that guy for for the rest of his, his big league career, yeah, yeah, I love I love about all three of those guys. I love Tristan McKenzie. I love Quantrill. I love Bieber. I love J Ram. I love uh, oh, who's the first baseman whose name escapes? Nails, yeah, Josh, good dude. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, every once in a while, man, he'll find some crazy streak in him. If you watch the clips from when we beat the White Sox there, because um, he's like. He's over apologetic and be like, hey, JJ, can I get – I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, hey, man, this is my job. Don't say sorry. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, seriously, if you say sorry again, I'm going to take offense. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And then, like, something in Chicago happens. He's, like, slamming his helmet, headbutting people. You're like, where did this guy come from? Um, he's he's so – got a little level sometimes. Oh, gosh, I love that energy. Uh, it's the greatest energy ever, especially because for baseball. walking in, so that, that all happens. And we're, we're waiting, like, to, to celebrate because it was a huge win. It's like we're going on go forth. And he just comes walking. And he just flips over a clubhouse table, and everybody's like, "What?" And then, like, he went back to it, but for a second, you're like, "Who is this human?" Because, like I said, he's just like very even keel, over apologetic, um, asks about family, etc. He's, he's he's a good dude. Nice. Um, there are many bad guys in this clubhouse. To be honest with you, it's it's, it's a blessing. It's probably. I was actually talking to one of the twins guy, one of the players post game. They're like, "Man, you guys just grind out wins," and I really think it's because. Um, we have young guys that love the game, love playing for each other, and we just get together really – we work very cohesive. So typically on a team playing, you'll look back, and there's like this group playing cards and this group playing cards and this like, these ten guys sitting by themselves and like maybe another two. It's kind of segregated. Um, these guys, it doesn't matter. Everybody's next man up the card table, um, staff included. It's, it's, a, it's a group that's a lot of fun to be at the ballpark with. Nice. Uh, hey, we have Jerry, a question. We just got, okay. Oh, we sorry. sorry we just got sorry, a question from uh, our boys at Fat Boy Fadeaway. Uh, who is considered the fan favorite out of all the Cleveland legends? Ricky Vaughn, right? Yeah, I love Ricky Vaughn. They go. Um, I think who everybody blows up. Kenny Lofton's a huge deal here. I really like Kenny. Didn't um, 
met Kenny. When CC Sabathia comes back, even though I, you know, he's obviously like a little bit of a Milwaukee guy and definitely a Yankee guy, people blow up over CC. Um, Jim Tomey, huge. We have a guy, it's, it's Sandy Alomar, is still our first base coach. Um, I'll joke with Sandy. I'm like, hey man, you can never be replaced here because he's, you know, he's a player, was an all three time All Star with us, I believe. Went to two World Series now as our first base coach. Um, so somewhere in that mix, I'll, I'll go with with Sandy just because. Um, people cannot seem to get enough of Sandy. Nice. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, CC Bay Area legend. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyways, yeah. I, I, I didn't even think about CC Sabathia being kind of recognized as a legend. I knew I figured Tommy, but I, yeah, Kenny Lofton also. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, I, it seems like a lot of outsiders uh, only think of Ricky Vaughn and maybe even Jim Tomey, but it's, it's funny. Um, like I did. Uh, so what is it, what is the fan base like in Cleveland? Um, in St. Louis, we kind of have the classiness, you know, we always like to flaunt our classiness and Texas, they always want to, I don't know, to get drunk or something. Uh, I absolutely love going to St. Louis. I, I, by the way, I'll, I'll go on a tangent here. I think one, yet. Um, went to college not too far away. So I remember going with, um, you know, my teammates or friends to games all the time to like that fan base always packs the stadium. They're baseball fans. They're locked in from pitch one to pitch nine. Um, no question. Bush stadium is one of my top stadiums by far. Uh, Cleveland, it's a Brownstown. So everybody wants to literally turn a sports network. It's like Browns, 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 Browns. Oh, the guardians won Browns, Browns, Browns. Um, so that's been, it's been tough. Uh, we're, I, I don't want to say our fans anything negative, but we've been, we're, we're fourth lowest in attendance right now in all of major league baseball. And we've been in first place for a month. Um, so it's tough. We had a good crowd today. I think they're finally getting some buzz. I hope we'll see on Sunday because the Browns and us play at the exact same time. So I won't be totally shocked. We have 900 people in the stands. Um, when they get here, it's a lot of fun. It's just, it's a Browns town. There's, there's no arguing. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it seems, I mean, you guys had the, I, you weren't around during this time, but the, what was it? The 22 game streak. Uh, and what was it? 17. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 22 so, in a row. Was it 22? I can't remember. I just watched your video talking, on it talking too. About today. Uh, so, cause I, I was joking. I put the magic number up there, which is like, I kind of like we have so many old school baseball guys, especially their coaches. I kind of like to like, do things that they say upset the baseball gods. Oh, so yeah. I walk in, I'll toss up a seventeen. Like, oh no, no, no! <laughs> and, and then like they're like, we lost yesterday it's because you tossed up the number. I'm like, you thought we were gonna win twenty eight straight? And they're like, well, in seventeen we won twenty two. And I'm like, that happens once once in a hundred years. Like, relax, we're gonna be okay. They're like, if this if we end with the number on on the paper, it's because of you. And I'm like, yeah, you want? Know I'll wear the brunt on that. It's because of me because I. Never step on a field. This, yeah, right. <laughs> Listen, baseball gods are real. I, I, I'm new age and old school. I, I know I look crazy right now, but listen, the baseball gods, they will shit on you if you if you piss on them too much. But anyways, um, oh my gosh, uh, Josh, do you have a question at the moment? No, keep rolling. Okay. See, I try. I have to ask him once in a while, otherwise he th- he thinks I talk too much. Check in um, see if he's toured the moonshine yet. Ooh, happy. Yeah, I'm getting ready to. Uh... Yeah, he's he's got his own like uh, factory back there in his backyard at his farm or whatever. Um, not, not quite, but um, no, I'm out of my personal right now, so I'm I'm drinking store bought. 
so uh yeah i mean like how often do you you do you have to travel every series yeah so um the way kind of explain is like we don't have a, a game without the manager and we don't travel without the director team travel so um 162 i'm locked in i'm at every you know road trip that's kind of my it's my my bread and butter that's it's what i get paid to do um and then we nobody thinks about the whatever it is a 28 spring training so for like 192 we're uh we're there we're doing it nice okay what are the so perks? what's your biggest part oh. you know what go ahead man perk. you and i are on the same exact line right now what's the <laughs> what are the perks uh like that you get like what's your favorite like i heard that you just uh were at a a game like what like what besides uh being able to travel 24 7 what's like the biggest perk you have i mean i think what the biggest i can name a few so like yeah i get paid to travel so yeah. i get to see every big league ballpark and that's for being a baseball fan that's awesome um you know friends family around the country I, i'm like when i'm in st louis i always call the the old college buddies when i'm in texas i got a friend there like I get to see people and I get paid to connect. It's not like I have to schedule around vacations, um, stay in five-star hotels. I get to see and be around people that like, I get to sit down and break bread and have a beer with Terry Francona. And we'll talk about stories or, or, you know, the Red Sox, or um, I just mentioned Mike Barnett. He'll tell me stories about uh, him and Michael Jordan. And that's like so cool. And I eat that stuff up. So I, I would say like traveling is awesome. Seeing the ballparks are awesome the stories I get to be privy to. And then like the thing, nobody, nobody sees behind the scenes. Like obviously the cameras go on and it's one through nine, but there's so much that goes on before and after. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so where, where do you typically sit? Do you like sit in a box with the GM or do you sit? Like- so every travel guy is going to be different. Um, I learned early on that you establish your routines, you keep them. And that's what kind of keeps you sane day to day. So um, you could watch a guardians game the rest, the rest of the year. And it's going to be weird now. Cause you know exactly where I am. Any one through six, I go to the, the weight room and I'll work out. So I'll kind of Billy bean it. Um, okay. I, when I was watching Moneyball, I was like, so for me, that's my only downtime. So like pregame I'm doing, helping with player stuff, tickets, family needs, the game starts. I'm, down that's kind of my like catch up breathe time and post game whatever pops up it could be player moves could be something else coming up could be getting out to the, the hotel flying out etc so um i'll billy bean it and, and work out during the game inning seven I'll, I'll obviously as the game's going i'm trying to project i'm like okay our starter went four innings we had a bullpen guy go cover five six and seven we're light on arms where's columbus is our triple a where's columbus at um what are the next flights and then i start thinking that way get to inning eight and nine. I'm preparing like the buses are on standby. This is going to be our times um, kind of going that route. What else is, is left to catch up? So every single game, that is exactly what I'm doing for 162. Yeah. Okay. So the downside uh, is you don't really get to sit and watch the games. I don't watch outside at all. I, I probably have seen like in the stands, like I'll pop up to say hi. Like if uh, my mom and dad are there or friends, family, I'll pop up and I'll typically like see them for an inning, but no, I, I actually, it's funny. My uncle likes likes to text me and be like, where are you during the game? So he likes to get like the picture of me in the workout room watching the game on a TV the same as, as y'all do. Um, yeah. Mine's a little less delayed. It's only 15 seconds delayed, so I get it obviously way before. Um, but, but yeah, I'm not out in the dugout. If you ever see me in the dugout, no like DEFCON 5 is hit because there's no 
there's 28 players in there. We have eight coaches. We have a translator. We have three trainers. We have a mental skills coach. And like the last place I need to be is adding another body into an already cramped dugout. Um, every once in a while, I'll pop up and we have a, a security manager. He sits over the family section. I'll pop up and check on on him and see what's going on. But yeah, it, no, I it's completely watching it via screen, um, preparing on, on what I think is about to come. So um, when a player gets traded, um, what what is that like for you? I mean, do you um, do you handle that, or does the team they get traded to get handle that? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a story. So um, my first time with this. So in 2021, um, gentleman Mike Say announced that he was going to retire. Um, so he stayed back and did the admin. I was boots on the ground, so I traveled and did the day to day stuff there. So trade deadline come. We're in Chicago. We're waiting, waiting, waiting. Um, we had since now, I'll call him out. A, a, a Illinois guy, Phil Maton, is a relief pitcher. Great, great human. One of the closest relationship I, I've formed. Phil would wear these floral shirts. I'm going to give you a long story here. Um, and so we talk about it. So Phil got me a floral shirt because I would be like, oh, Phil in the flowers, Phil in the flowers. And so I put on this floral shirt. And I'm like, it's a nice button up shirt. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking nice. I'm standing by the buses. I get a phone call from our GM. They said, hey, do you know where Phil's room is? I said, yeah, it's room call 500. So, yeah, what's going on? Like, hey, we just acquired um, – we just went and did a three-team trade. Phil's going to go to the Astros. Can you go knock on the door and let him know that he's to stay put? So I go up and I knock on the door. Phil opens. He's like, JJ, you look so good on the floral. We're talking about blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I said, and I got the certain face. I'm like, well, Phil, I'm not just knocking on your door to let you know that I'm in a floral shirt. Um, you've been acquired by the Houston Astros. He's like, what's next? And I said, so they're going to bring you to Houston. Um, hang tight in the hotel room. When I get to the ballpark, I'll have them pack all your stuff. I'll send it back to the hotel. Um, they're going to fly you out. And so in that trade, we acquired um, – I think we acquired through that one. We sent them to Houston. Who did we get from Houston? It's ran by me at this point. 2020 was Cal, Josh, and – had to be part of a trade probably with San Diego because that's who we trade with 99% of the time. But anyhow, um, basically. so I will inform them, say, hey, their travel director is going to call you. And then I then obviously get informed of whoever else. It's like after opening day, we traded Bradley Zimmer for um, Anthony Castro. Called Anthony. I said, hey, you're in Buffalo. I expect you to be on this flight. When you land, I'll have a car service to bring you either to the airport or to the ballpark, whatever. Um, and so that's where I, where I come in. So it's a very stressful time because it's, I, I literally am attached to my phone. It's like, Hey, um, check, uh, do you know where such and such is? Do you know, if we get up a flight here tonight. And so I, I have an idea. We're talking to teams. I don't necessarily know names. Then obviously like you can Google or Twitter search and there's enough stuff out there that you can kind of formulate it. Um, this year was a ton of hurry up, look at flights and wait to do, oh, to be honest, we did nothing at the trade deadline. So, um, it was a little, yeah, right? was, was nice in the fact that I didn't have to change people. It was weird in the fact that I was looking up flights every two minutes to end up with, with nothing. Yeah. So you actually told uh, Floro? Is that it? Phil Maton, yeah. Phil yeah. Maton. You actually told him. That's, that's interesting because I've always heard that, like, like, the general manager or the manager, like, it's very rare that they tell they actually tell the players unless it's just, like, a really big player. Um, but the, the players typically find sec, find out secondhand. That's uh, that's interesting and a little bit scary, I'm sure, because you 
you're you didn't sign on for that position. You didn't say, hey, you know, you're cut or you're traded. Um, so that's really interesting. But that's I mean, that's a really cool story, though. That really goes like you have to look at uh, flights every five minutes, basically, during the trade <laughs> trade deadline. And do you like does the general manager say, hey, like give you any heads up, like say, hey, we're looking at getting this guy. We're get, getting close. Can you see what kind of like what happens or? Yeah, so most of the time, so every team is a little different. Ours are, are, are very good about being uh, open, communicated because they're like, if I leak something, it does nothing but screw myself over in my job. So I think yeah, right? a very good um, trusting relationship. For example, when we trade Bradley Zimmer to Toronto, I called their child. I said, hey, just heads up. He's here. His passport's in Cleveland, though, so we're going to have to figure out that. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, oh, we're, the, the trade's done. He's like, oh, shoot, I haven't heard anything. He hung up and hang up and call his GM and be like, what's going on here? So um, typically they're very good about communicating that stuff. Well, that's, well, that's good. Um, okay, so I want to I want – was it – it wasn't this year. I think it was last year. And I, I – like, obviously that's – but um, last year or this year, I can't even remember. I think it was this year it's been such a long year um the guardians were in new york and that uh, there was obviously Maybe. the big fan yeah. thing yeah uh the big uh you know fan ex- like you know attack on the cleveland guardians did that kind of screw you up in any way like did that did you have to change alter your plans at all or yeah i mean yeah, yes but i would love to tell you every day is the same so kind of the yeah. plans get the other instrumental whether it's somebody's late for the bus or a guy stayed out too late, so you're either having him trying to figure out where he is and pick him up or go do a bed check. Nothing totally is like – shouldn't say nothing to su- surprise me at this point. Obviously, there are things that are um, pop up. But that one's particularly – obviously, it got heated. Miles Straw climbed like a Spider-Man, climbed into the outfield, yelled at the fans – like, all right, this probably isn't good, but, like, the game's almost over. Um, when they have the walk-off, so in the visiting clubhouse, every single time, as soon as the game's over and you lose, all they, they turn all the, the TVs off immediately. Yeah. So Lou is their clubhouse manager. So I, I wrote the bus times, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, hey, Lou, where is everybody? He's like, that's a great question. And so we just keep sitting there looking. And so I'm like, I'm going to go to the dugout. Something's got to be on. So it's one of the few times. So I walk into the dugout. I, I don't know if you, you probably can see me if you had a full-screen pan. I get to the front and I just see right field absolutely parading down with beer, shoes, water, like everything these people could grab on. I was just throwing down there. And I just remember like Judge and Rizzo and all those people were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, they're they're throwing stuff at us and they just won. So then I turn and I'm like, hey, Lou, those bus signs aren't going to work. Um, can you get to grab a PD and bring him in here? So I was like, hey, do you think there's a threat here? What are we doing? He's like, yeah, they don't seem too happy. And I was like, oh, no kidding. They don't seem too happy. They just <laughs> Hit one of our guys with a beer can. So I was like, "Can we get a police escort?" He's like, oh, "Yeah, we probably could." Do you think that's necessary? And I said, "You just said they don't seem too happy." He's like, "Yeah, you're right." So then we like push the buses back. So we we typically go like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Everybody's gone within an hour. I would push all the way back to 45 minutes to give the fans time to get the heck out of the Bronx. And then we had a police escort back to the hotel. Um, I had a conversation with Miles, and I was like, "Hey, man, do me a solid." Don't leave your room, and if you need to leave your room, call me. I'll go get whatever you need. Because uh, we were getting some some calls to the the hotel. So typically, most of the teams stay in the yeah. same hotel. Um, 
call it wasn't anything death threat. It was, it was like Miles Sprawl, I'm gonna f you up. Uh, Miles Sprawl, you're a bomb. People were staying outside the hotel. Whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah. Anyhow, I was like, don't leave your hotel room. If you need anything, we'll figure it out because you're a wanted man in New York, and we have another two days here. Yeah, that's yeah. That's that was such a that was a rough. I mean, never a happy series. Days. Yeah. We covered well, unless it. They're, unless they're wearing a the hundred games, they're, they're literally always mad. I, I don't. Yeah. Know yeah, they're they're weird. That that, I mean, they're yeah. It's the that was such a weird game and such. That is. What was that? I said I talked about St. Louis earlier. The polar opposite of that is the New York Yankees. New York, like, yeah. People are there, and it's almost like a mall in the concourse. There's like so much to do that isn't baseball, and then they finally do watch baseball. They're just booing their own players the entire time. They're like, what's going on here? It's it's, it's, it's weird. weird. <laughs> yeah, but uh. But uh, yeah, like so. Um, so yeah, like what? Yeah, that's just that's so cool. That I mean, because I, I mean, I thought that since you were, you know, kind of the director of traveling, you kind of talked to the players, but you didn't really have, you know, in depth. But you're in the weeds with them, like yeah, we're like together. We're, I mean, it's it's like I said, it's a 162. It's so tomorrow we have a day night doubleheader. So we play at 110 and 710. We'll all be there about nine in the morning. Uh, we'll be there until 1130 or midnight. So, like, uh, you spend that amount of time with somebody every single day. We see each other more than family. We're sitting on flights together, et cetera. We're, we're about as close as you can get. Um, the downside to that is when guys get traded, released, cut. Um, we, we released a guy named Fran Mil Reyes earlier. Now he's playing very well with the Cubs. Um, Fran and I became extremely close. Uh, his mom had some health issues, and I was, was there with him. We've had a lot of personal conversations. And so um, those times, because you get to know these guys so much, it's, it's tough because um, – try to throw an example. Chanel Field named Jordan Luplo that works uh, or plays for the Arizona Diamondbacks right now. Um, actually, that was the main time trade. We traded – it was a three-way trade. We traded him to the Rays. He gave me a hug, and he's like, wait a second. He's like, so when will I see you again? And I looked at him. I was like, hey, Luke, man, I have no idea. He's like, what do you mean you don't know? And I was like, I know we've just seen each other every day for five months. I genuinely have no idea when I'll see you again. Thankfully, we played the Diamondbacks. Like, that all works out. But it's um, – yeah, we're together. We're, we're, we're family. Nice. Yeah, It's like family you like some people way more than you like others too. <laughs> I'll let you know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Josh is basically my brother, and I can't stand him. So, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and we've I never met really face. I, I don't – you know, I work with them obviously, but I, I, I try to avoid them. So, we all have those family members. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so next year, are you like how has that been? Because you guys are going to play. I mean, you guys are basically going to be in every uh, NL city. So is that new for you? Like, were you like, okay, I need to get the landscape of lay of the land type thing? Or yeah, I think it's exciting and a pain. On so it has a lot of pros and cons. I'll kick off with the pros. I think it's super exciting for baseball and the fans. So like Cleveland is, I think we're two hours from Pittsburgh. We play Pittsburgh once every three years and it may be there or here. I think to get that rivalry going again, because we play them every single year, is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to go to St. Louis in two years. St. Louis come here. Just going to be a lot more matchups. Like we get to play Lindor in New York next year. I'm already looking forward to that because otherwise we wouldn't have we'd seen them twice in six years. Um, yeah. So a lot of those marquee matchups are going to be awesome. Um, I, I think selfishly in our division, the AL Central, it's been a weaker division, so we've been able to 
to play in it, even the NL Central to a degree, right? So like, yeah. um, well, our division, your division have two teams, you're like, whatever, call it a cakewalk. But you're like, okay, th- these are games we're circling. Yeah. Now we get to play them, you know, two less series a year that's going to, it'll help balance out like the AL East right now where everybody's spending $300 million and just beating up on each other. So it's good for a lot of reasons there. It's bad in my world because like I go to Detroit three times a year, I go to Minneapolis, I go to Kansas City three trips a year. I'm very comfortable. I know everybody there by name. I know my bus company. I know my trucker. I know my hotel. Like we see each other so much. Like we'll send each other Christmas cards at this point. Now I've got to go to Miami. I haven't been to Miami in my life. And like, so obviously <laughs> I got to try to figure out how to travel a team there, what hotel to stay at, what bus companies, so on and so forth. So from my perspective is going to add a lot of wrinkles that way. I think two to three years from now, it probably gets more comfortable. Um, the other thing that I'm not looking forward to is right now the format is like, so I'll speak for, so the Cubs come play in St. Louis three times a year. So in the second series, if you get a rain out, no big deal. You just push it to the third. Um, now we only have two series. So if you get a rain out in the first series, you push it to the second. If weather's bad all in the second, you're going to be forced to sit there and wait out these games. So I think instead of having quick triggers on, hey, the forecast doesn't look good, teams are going to have to sit there and wait five, six, seven hours because we don't want to fly in. Um, the flip side is like Atlanta comes to us for one series next year. If we get on the third game, if we get rained out, Atlanta's going to have to bite the bullet and, and fly here and off days. They may go whatever. They may go New York, Miami, Cleveland for a day. Um, so I think that'll be kind of the headache of scheduling. But if I'm the normal fan, I couldn't care less about that. So that's just huh. the headaches I have to deal with it. So how do you like – so you said you've never been to Miami. How are you like preparing for that? Do you do you go down there on kind of a scouting mission or do yeah, you uh, – so- um, our season's done sometime in October, and then November becomes not that I don't travel enough. I'll do travel, and, and so like I'll go to Miami. I'll stay at three different hotels for three nights, meet with them every single day, um, look at what the community at the ballpark is, um, kind of see what our needs are. So like this off season, I'm going to Miami and uh, DC. Next off season, I know I'll go to Philadelphia. Um, I'll check out Milwaukee. I think there's another to check out, but yeah, I'll, I'll go. Thankfully, I live in I live in Phoenix, so that's an easy one for me. We haven't been back there in a little while, but um, yeah, off season sometimes becomes travel again. It gets to be a little more pleasurable in the off season, though, right? I mean, way more pleasurable. Yeah, you're out yeah. there doing research for work. I only hear can... about one person. It's not so they say yeah. like uh, I'll call it a traveling circus. But as soon as that we leave, as soon as the game is over, we're going on a road trip. I have 65 to 75 humans, and like I feel personally, I am personally responsible for it. Get us on a plane, get us there, get us in get us a ballpark, um, et cetera. When I go in, the, in November, it's, I think I can worry about myself. I'll survive just fine. So you're really just a personal, you're, you're a professional chaperone. <laughs> Basically. I, don't, I, um, I mean, it's down to the traveling secretary and it's, it's probably not too far off because sometimes it is glorified babysitting. Yeah. yeah that's all that. Um, how many people do you have like under you uh, that you kind of? My department's department one. Really? Yeah. You do, so all I do have some stuff. oversight of the Arizona complex still, um, but that's totally separate from team travel. So I'll do all the team travel on myself. Wow. Oh my. They gosh. don't give you an assistant. No, no, it's it's a it's a one man show. Good. Good Lord. God, I hope you're compensated well. <laughs> I enjoy what I do. So. He's going to Miami for to three high end hotels in the off season. I think he's doing okay. We'll, we'll do all right. Yeah, man, that's as long as the wife gets to go with. 
I thought you had 100%. one. Yeah, yeah, she's got those circled up. She's yeah. uh, she's like, this one has a beach, and that one has a beach. She's like, okay, I think we need to look at those two. I'm like, all right, honey, thank you. Yeah, right. <laughs> gosh, that's oh my gosh, man. that's I'm jealous. Yeah, that's really cool. That's uh, I mean, that's that's an interesting thing. Uh, did, so like, whenever you get to a ballpark that you've never been to, like, do you get to go like before the game, before the fans even get to, um, be let in? Do you get to go around to the the yeah, so our and just look around. Like we have a seven ten game in called Chicago. We have a seven ten game on Tuesday. Um, we're there by one, so typically six hours pre, unless the one o'clock game. We're there like four to five hours pregame. Um, day one, always, regardless of where it is, I, I check in with the clubhouse manager, security, maybe take a little lap. If it's somewhere I'm super comfortable with, I'll just go straight to work. Somewhere yeah. I don't know at all, I ask security, like, "Hey, give me the lowdown. Show me physically where the will call is. Show me physically where like." We have family in the area and they're going to be in the player parking lot. Where is that? What's my access? Like, how do I get to and from? How do I get to the concourse? Heaven forbid a family member needs something. Um, where the bus is going to be staged, et cetera. So, like, I've been to all but, like, probably been to 24, 25, and 30 already. So, like, for the most part, we get in. I'm, I'm very comfortable and, and know my bearings. But, like, when I go to Miami for the first time, that's going to be hour number one is give me everything in a nutshell I need to know. Um, hour number two then becomes like, if you have a, if I have a player move or somebody needs a car service, like who do you trust as a limo driver? And sometimes those are pretty crazy characters. How long, how far is it? The airports, um, those kind of odds and ends questions is anywhere open till two in the morning around the hotel. Cause if we get back at 11 and the guy's hungry, then be like, Hey, do you know any wrecks? And so I have two or three to kind of shoot him that direction. Um, that becomes more of the, the work. So. Kansas City, I got it covered. Minneapolis, those places, I can do it in my sleep. Uh, a place like Atlanta, Miami, yeah. It, the first couple of days is, are a doozy. Yeah. That's so really if we're cool. ever going to go anywhere and we need the download, we just need to reach out to you and you can tell us yeah. where to go. They have a big, a big league team, yeah. That's it's, it's, it's what I try to do. If you go to Oakland, I'm going to tell you God bless. <laughs> I'll never go there. Yeah, that's a, it's – I'll give you a quick cut time, a quick snippet on Oakland. So we talk about the, the best ballparks to, to go to see the absolute bottom of the barrel. And it's not even in the league with the rest of the parks is the Coliseum. And what I mean by that is I remember in 2021. So I, it was well documented. They had a rat probably. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in the clubhouse and I was, we're like, the guys are playing cards. We're just talking. And this rat comes walking through. Not, it's not huge. It's not small. It literally gets on its, its back legs. And I swear, it was like, what's up, man? And just kept on strolling. Like, it was like, I'm in his house. It's like, okay, this isn't it. And then as you walk down to – so you come out of the clubhouse, and there's like a, like an all-inclusive seating area. And so you walk with the general fan, and then you're in this concession area. And then you have to turn right, and you go towards the dugout. So you're walking with these general fans. They're cooking hot dogs. They're serving beer, blah, blah, blah. You're kind of dodging and weaving. That's not great. But as you walk down, they're at a point where, like, there's there's sewage leaks or some sort of leak seeping through the carpet. But instead of replacing the carpet or throughout the leak, they just add more carpet tiles. So you, like, take a step, you're like, one carpet tile, four carpet tiles, one carpet tile, six carpet tiles. And you're like, hey, what's going on with that? They're like, oh, anytime it, you know, the, the top carpet tile gets wet, we just throw another one on it. I'm like, um, doesn't seem like it's fixing the problem, but I guess we can walk on it dry. That's it's, so – that is a long story to say they did have a rat problem. They introduced cats from the Humane Society. So if you look it up, it's dead spot on. They have a feral cat problem. So we organized this taco truck to be right outside the clubhouse. 
throughout there and it's literally fat alley cats are circling the trailer. So we're sitting there and I'm like, these are fat ass cats everywhere. Like what's going on here? And they're just everywhere. Oakland's oh my gosh. special. Oh my gosh. Our uh, service guy there. I, I, um, they said, Hey, this guy's a little different, but he's uh, he's aces. So I called him and he comes rolling. And he's got like literally magnifying glass glasses. He's a huge male that tried to like, huge man. He's probably six, six, 400 pounds. He, he looks like he's trying to wear a size XL button up shirt. He's just completely busting the seams. And he is aces. He's spot on. He came in. He's like, hey, good to meet you. And I was like, what's up, man? And, it, and, and so Oakland is just its own special everything in Oakland. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. Good to know. Don't go there. If you want to go to a park, you're blessed with St. Louis. Obviously, you're not going to like the Wrigley answer. Fenway is incredible. Um, Atlanta's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Seattle's a good ballpark. So you're going to feel the temperature, which I really like, but you never get rained on because they have a, a retractable roof. If you ever get a chance to go to Toronto, it's it's up there as well. It's just a different. Experience. I want to go to. I want to go to Roger. Uh, is it Rogers Center? I wanted to yeah, say Roger Rogers. Dean. Yeah, uh, but I I wanted to go there during a playoff game. I want because those fans are just electric, and in the inside that enclosed building, that place probably just reverberates like none other. I I figure oh, so it's got to be a special like an off the the wall. Yeah, fact here. So if you're at the Rogers Center. They have a hotel that literally is part of it. So if you look up in center field, you see these hotel windows. Um, and it's actually a, a, a rule. That all the, all the um, rooms have to be off. It's like the lights are off. They can have the game on. The lights are off for that. And it's not because there was a glare or anything. It's because people were renting these rooms and Just going up against the windows and, and having sex routinely. So it was such an issue that, like, literally it's, it's they turn off the lights. So if you ever go to the Rogers Center, look up at the windows, but also notice that every single one of them has the lights off. <laughs> is that the hotel that the so, so you saw like I saw on social media like they, they caught fans having sex in the stands. I was like, yeah, they had sex in the stands. They couldn't, nobody could see them in the hotel rooms anymore. Oh um, but Toronto's awesome. That that ballpark is electric. Um, it's it's cool because the CN when they open up the CN Towers right over the top. It's just it's Toronto's a cool city. Um, it's packed. There there the Raptors where the Leafs play is all right together. It's it's a cool spot. That's really awesome. I look forward to the three days in Toronto a ton. It is my most dreaded travel day of the year, though, with passports. Just for, for, I'm going to throw that nugget in, oh nugget in there. Do you forget your passport? No, thank God. Is it, is it up to date? It didn't expire, did it? Um, so on and so forth. Do you have your like your Canadian visa for the guys that aren't from the U.S., or from Venezuela or DR? So it's just a ton of paperwork to go there for three days. Gosh, that's really that's really cool. And they have um, the actually on top of it. So then, like, oh, yeah. thankfully, we only have a player or two that can't go. But there's some teams like the Royals had like 14 they couldn't yeah. travel to Toronto. <laughs> like, I don't. I feel like this is a little bit of a playoff advantage. But you know, we'll hang with them. We'll figure it out. And then two of them got traded, and then they got vaccinated right yeah, then. I, don't know. <laughs> I was like, I don't oh man, that's anyway. that's that's interesting. That you're like, I'm gonna play with Kansas City. Nope, not getting vaxxed. Oh, I'm gonna go to a playoff team. Sign, sign me up. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh! Uh, I have too three strong morals there. I got three more questions, little quick ones. Uh, Josh, do you have any before we let him go? No. Every time I've tried to ask a question, you've had the same one I had, so I'm just gonna let you keep going. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite person you met, uh, like in all your besides travels? Albert Pools. Yeah, besides Albert, you know. So I do this little. I try to pick a guy or two a year, and I 
get their jerseys and I'll go over and I'll meet. It's something like, because we're both in clubhouse right next to each other. So I've had the opportunity to meet Albert Pujols. It was really cool. Um, another one I have, so I have like, I think I'm five. So Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, um, Salvador Perez, Miguel Cabrera, and Clayton Kershaw, all like, so like for me, those guys are like baseball staples and icons. And so like to meet them, talk to them, have them sign my jersey, personalize it like or their jersey. It was, those were very cool. Um, Tom Hanks came and, and threw our first pitch this year and, and got a picture and signed the ball. That was pretty cool. Um, Drew Carey. threw a volleyball, a right? Guy. Do I? Uh, Tom Hanks threw a volleyball, right? Yeah, it rolled out there. It was Wilson. It was very yeah, cool. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was Wilson. So he got his, like, acting start here in Cleveland at Playhouse Square. He's not from here, but that's, like, his tie to Cleveland. Um, yeah. Drew Carey is obviously from here. He has, like, the Cleveland Rock song. is all about him, so it was kind of cool. Um, I just met Commissioner Manfred. Um, and and he, at the end of the day, he's my boss, so I'll keep any comments <laughs> that there. Um, that was cool to meet the commissioner, and, and he was very nice and cordial as professional. Um, some of the former alumni come in, I think, think are cool. I had cold call. This is another one. So I, we're in Minneapolis on Thursday, and I get a Miami number, and I had cold call, and I answer it. He said, hey, is this JJ? I'm like, yeah. Is this is Raul Abanez. You have a chance to talk. And sometimes those moments, and I said, I said, who is this? And I asked, and I was, and I was like, Tell me a fact about you. And he said, like, where he played or whatever, like, uh, one of his years. I'm like, okay, what do you need from me? So, like, those things will happen. And then I sit back. I'm like, sorry for the same year. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Did that, my phone <laughs> just ring with that? Like, Kenny Lofton. Like, I get a buzz. He's like, hey, JJ, can you help me tickets in LA? I'm like, did Kenny fucking Lofton just call me? <laughs> those things happen all the time. Like, in the moment, you know, it's work, it's work, it's work. You're, you're laser. And I, a lot of times I sit back and I'm like, what just went down? Yeah, like Kenny Lofted. If you want to, if you want to keep my uh, number and you know on a on an off day, if you want to go hang out, we can, dude. He's, he's, he's good. He's good dude. That's awesome. So, so those things you say, like what people um, say, like that small group is in that, and then like random stuff like that will, will, will pop up. Uh, have you ever met Billy Bean? No, never met Billy Bean. Oh, that's that's. So I did work out in, in the Coliseum. So they're the Oakland A's weight room. So this is let you know what the Oakland thinks of the A's. So Oakland used to have this tiny weight room and the, um, and the Raiders had this massive one. And so they wouldn't let the A's use the Raiders weight room until obviously they went to Vegas. And so the A's just the last couple of years got to move into that massive weight room. So they moved the visiting weight room into the, the home one. And so I'm in there on the elliptical. It's actually very cool. I was like, man, I've watched Moneyball. Like Billy Bean used to be on this elliptical and watch what I'm watching. I, I thought it was a, kind of a cool baseball nerd moment. Yeah, that's – I mean, yeah. That is cool. Definitely. So it's the actual weight room that they use, They filmed in uh, – No, no, no. So they filmed no. somewhere else. I'm just saying oh, like – Oh, you're – okay. It's the one you that – You put on like whatever, the Walkman. He was listening yeah. to the game as he'd as he work out. Oh, gosh. That's awesome. Um, so let's see. One last question from me. Um the, let's say that the Guardians, God forbid, in a stupid, in a stupid move, fire you. What team would you say? Hey, I want to go to this team. NFL, NHL, you know, baseball. Now, keep in mind, if you say the Cardinals, you're giving me and Josh front row tickets like every game, right? In, especially in October, right? Hold on, hold on. Let me rephrase before you answer. He lives in Texas. Yeah. So, so you, you don't have to worry about getting anything. Too. You just got to worry about getting me stuff. <laughs> Um, I think I'll preface the saying like beggars can't be choosers. So if you would have told me yeah. five years ago that I, or 
10 years ago, I'd worked for the Cleveland, we'll say Indians. Um, I'd been like, okay. Um, so I grew up a Colts fan, obviously worked for the Titans. I told Josh, I grew up a Cubs fan. Now I, I love the Indians slash Guardians, and that's who beat them in the World Series. So I try to keep that kind of under the vest. It's a sensitive topic around here. Um, for Chicago has always felt kind of like home-ish when I go up there because we used to go to games over there. So um, either one of the Chicago teams would be would be cool. San Diego would be really nice to get paid to live there for a living. I'd be all in that. Um, yeah, I'd say so. either Chicago team, San Diego. I'm way good on either New York team. St. Louis is phenomenal. They have their travel director's name is Ernie. Ernie's, it's hard for me to like say I'd rather go here because I think of who runs the team and like yeah. a lot of these guys. I very much like Ernie's good people. He's, he's a he's a, used to be a clubhouse guy. Good good son boy. Um, St. Louis would be on the on the short list if that ever opened up if Ernie left on his own court. Nice. Okay, actually one more question. And you I fired. Totally we got all night. Uh, I totally forgot it, so it's totally fine now. Um, yeah, well, thanks for coming on, dude. That was that was really uh, insightful. I mean, whenever Brandon told me that, I was like, okay, cool. We got a, a director of traveling, and I was like, okay, I can I can make this work, and or it'll not make it work, but like it was just. No, like, you're, I'd be, you're like, it'll be an yeah, interesting perspective. This is not special at all. What do I got to find to kill an hour? Yeah, That's right. Well, no, I was just like, man, I don't know anything about traveling. I, I mean, I go on road trips, and that's it. I don't know anything. I'm a caveman. I stay in my house, anyways. But uh, yeah, you 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 uh, definitely changed my mind. Now I want to grow up to be a, a traveling secretary for the Guardians <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. or director of uh, travel for the Cleveland Guardians. No, I, I appreciate you saying that. I enjoy what I do. Obviously, it's 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 fun. It's a lot of work, but it's it's a blast. So yeah, well, that's really cool. Um, I know Josh really appreciates this. I appreciate it. VSN. Uh, appreciate. I must this. not talk long enough though, because he didn't ever tear into the moonshine. So I must have. I needed. To, oh, he's been drinking moonshine. out of the bottle for the last thirty minutes. Oh, yeah, perfect. All right, good. So yeah, I, I've been in it. I didn't bring enough to tie into that. I'm glad I lived up to it. Whenever when I turned the, the screen off and I walked away and I came back, that's when I started going. Uh, I got you. <laughs> yeah, we're a bunch of alcoholics here uh, on the VSN. I I, no, I need to. I need Friday to. And I'm on vacation. Yeah, right. I'm I'm on vacation too. Um, if you, uh, <laughs> you hear anybody say they're a baseball guy, it, it's code for they're probably this is great. It's a Cleveland brewery, um, fat heads. Anyhow, okay. no free ads. Sorry. Um, <laughs> if you if you hear anybody say they're a baseball guy, it just means they're an undercover alcoholic. So uh, you know, birds of <laughs> feather flock together. So anyways, anybody like, yeah, he's a baseball. Guy. I was like, oh, so he loves to just drink a casual ten a night and and then pass out and do it the next day. This is awesome. Well, see yeah. now, see you're 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 from Chicago, and so that just makes sense because all those Cubs fans are drunk like fifteen times. The Wrigley bleachers are are un. Yeah, that's a that's a riot. The Fenway is very much similar. We had a there's a rain delay. Sorry to keep it, but there's no, a rain no. delay this year in Fenway Park, and they they put a DJ on, and it turned into like the biggest fraternity slash sorority party I've ever seen. It was nuts. It was rain answer by this West team. I was like, what has happened? This place is awesome. Um, so, yeah, go to go to check out Fenway at some point. Josh, I can't tell you to go to Wrigley because you're gonna hate it regardless. But it's a it's a good place, and it's a dream for me to actually go Saint catch Louis. a game there. Yeah, it, it. I mean, three years ago, I would have said hell no to Wrigley, but like two years ago, I would I was like, oh yeah, I'll go to Wrigley. I don't know what happened to change it. And I became a baseball. You got player. a good park it, it, with in Texas. Um, both are good parks. I wouldn't say the fan bases are. 
Fantastic. Rangers one is okay, but they have a good team now, so I, I'm okay with it. Uh, well, not a good team now. Tomorrow they'll have a good. They're team. They're gonna be good next year when they land Aaron Judge, like I predicted already. Yeah. Um, anyways, so yeah, that's been a seventh inning stretch after a hiatus, and what a heck of a comeback! Thirteen days from us. Thirteen days we were out. Yeah, thirteen days. It's been a long day, and I haven't shaved. I didn't do my hair. I haven't even showered. Jared can probably smell me from Cleveland right now. Uh, anyways, but <laughs> uh, it was very real. It was really nice, and it's been really nice. Um, live long and watch some damn baseball. Josh, hit me with that sick beat. You got it, baby. <laughs>